Hello, everybody. This is Joseph E. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, January 5th, 2017. Our first News and Views of the year, and we are going to be looking back at last week's News and Views and uh, also in conjunction a bit with the um, quarterly and year-end wrap-up I just recorded with former Assistant Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Catherine Austin Fitz. This is up in her members area. It will shortly be up in um, the Giza Death Star members area as well. This is a long interview. It took us seven hours to record this past Monday. It will be in two parts, uh, the next part coming out next week. But a lot of focus in that interview as well on the interesting geopolitics that we are seeing emerge since the election of President-elect Donald Trump with respect to Russia and the Pacific. And that leads us to today's article. This is a very, very interesting article. Normally, I do not do my news and views on these types of op-ed pieces, but prefer to concentrate on actual news stories or articles and then to get Uh, so to speak, behind the story a little bit with some speculation. But this, I think, is a very important piece by uh, former Reagan-era Treasury official Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, uh, who many of you may know as, as a significant commentator out there on the Internet right now. This is a very important article, and I want to draw your attention to it because um it gives us an insight into what is really going on behind the demonization of Russia and also in terms of what's going on in the geopolitics of the Pacific right now. So I'm going to be reading sections of this article to you. Then I want to close with a little bit of high-octane speculation. I want you to view this article also in conjunction with uh, last week's rather lengthy news and views that I did to close out the year 2016. This article first appeared in Sputnik, all right, Uh, but it was by Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, and the title of the article is, What is Mr. Kissinger Up To in Russia? All right, and I want to um, stress something here. This article is kind of a broad overview, all right? I think you have to read it in that in that context. Anyway, it starts out this way. The English-language Russian news agency Sputnik reports that former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger is advising the U.S. President-elect Donald Trump on how to, quote, bring the United States and Russia closer together, listen carefully, to offset China's military buildup, unquote. Now, this is Dr. Roberts commenting now on the Sputnik article. Listen carefully. Quote, If we were to take this report at face value, it tells us that Kissinger, an old Cold Warrior, is working to use Trump's commitment to better relations with Russia in order to separate Russia from its strategic alliance with China. China's military buildup is a response to U.S. provocations against China and U.S. claims to the South China Sea as an area of U.S. national interest. So note that Roberts right away is is directly challenging the American narrative in the South China Sea. And, And incidentally, that's not a, Dr. Roberts' position here is not entirely a position I agree with. 
China does not intend to attack the U.S. and certainly not Russia. Kissinger, who was my colleague at the Center for Strategic and International Studies for a dozen years, is aware of the pro-American elites inside Russia. In other words, that very faction that was represented by the old Russian oligarchs under Boris Yeltsin. This is who he's talking about, and they're still there. They're represented by people like Dmitry Medvedev and so on. And he is at work creating for them a China threat that they can use in their effort to lead Russia into the arms of the West. And here I am in total agreement with Dr. Roberts. This is what I think Kissinger's reemergence on the stage really means. If this effort is successful, Russia's sovereignty will be eroded exactly as has the sovereignty of every other country allied with the U.S. Skipping several paragraphs now. I do not know that Trump will prevail over the vast neoconservative conspiracy. However, it seems clear enough that he is serious about reducing the tensions with Russia that have been building since President Obama violated George H.W. Bush, the George H.W. Bush administration's promise that NATO would not expand one inch to the east. Unless Trump were serious, there is no reason for him to announce Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson as his choice for Secretary of State. Let me read that again. Unless Trump were serious, there is no reason for him to announce Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson as his choice for Secretary of State. And again, I wholeheartedly agree with that assessment. I think Tillerson's nomination to Secretary of State means, in fact, that Donald Trump is quite serious about patching up relations with Russia and doing so in a way, please note, that does not exploit Russian national resources as did the Russian oligarchs in conjunction with uh, Harvard University and other, uh, other institutions in the West. That's a whole other story that we can't even go into here. In 2013, Mr. Tillerson was awarded Russia's Order of Friendship. As Professor Michel Shostodovsky has pointed out, a global corporation such as Exxon has interests different from those of the U.S. military security complex. The military security complex needs a powerful threat, such as the former Soviet threat, which has been transformed into the Russian threat, in order to justify its hold on an annual budget of approximately $1 trillion. In contrast, Exxon wants to be a part of the Russian energy business, and this is what we've seen going on with Russia's negotiations with China and now recently, very recently, with Japan in order to develop Siberian infrastructure and energy resources, all right? Now, this is Exxon's way of getting in on the business and I suspect is a long-term policy goal of the Trump administration, all right? In contrast, Exxon wants to be a part of the Russian energy business. Therefore, as Secretary of State, Tillerson is motivated to achieve good relations between the U.S. and Russia, whereas for the military security complex, good relations undermine the orchestrated fear on which the military security budget rests. Clearly, the military security complex and the neoconservatives see Trump and Tillerson as threats. 
and why CIA director, listen carefully, John Brennan, made wild and unsupported accusations of Russian interference in the U.S. presidential election. In other words, the story behind the Russian hacking meme has been precisely this attempt to reorient American foreign policy toward Russia in a more favorable way and open those Russian markets to American investors, all right? Everybody else gets in on it, China, Japan, and so on, but we're not supposed to, okay? This is a huge story. Now, I'm going to be saying more about this in a moment, but I want you to listen to um, some of Dr. Roberts' history lesson here because I think these things are very important as well. Towards the end of his article, he states this, and it's very important. I, I, I want you to listen carefully because, again, this is a former member of the Reagan administration challenging the narrative that we have been told about what happened during the Reagan era and why. He says, quote, the Soviet Union did not collapse because of Reagan's determination to end the Cold War. The Soviet collapse was the work of hardline communists who believed that Gorbachev was loosening the Communist Party hold so quickly that Gorbachev was a threat to the existence of the Soviet Union and placed him under house arrest. It was the hardline communist coup against Gorbachev that led to the rise of Yeltsin. No one expected the collapse of the Soviet Union. The U.S. military security complex did not want Reagan to end the Cold War, as the Cold War was the foundation of profit and power for the complex. The CIA told Reagan that if he renewed the arms race, the Soviets would win because the Soviets controlled investment and could allocate a larger share of the economy to the military than Reagan could. Reagan did not believe the CIA's claim that the Soviet Union could prevail in an arms race. He forced, or pardon me, formed a secret committee and gave that committee the power to investigate the CIA's claim that the U.S. would lose an arms race with the Soviet Union. The committee concluded that the CIA was protecting its prerogatives. I know this because I was a member of that committee. Stateless Muslim terrorists are not a sufficient threat for such a massive U.S. military, and the trouble with an actual arms race as opposed to a threat is that the U.S. armaments corporations would have to produce weapons that work instead of cost overruns that boost profits. The latest U.S. missile ship has twice broken down and had to be towed into port. That's the USS Zumwalt, by the way. The F-35 has cost endless money, has a variety of problems, and is already outclassed. The Russian missiles are hypersonic, and the Russian tanks are superior. Again, I would agree with that assessment. The explosive power of the Russian Satan II ICBM is terrifying. The morale of the Russian forces is high. They have not been exhausted from 15 years of fighting without much success, pointless wars against women and children. Now, I want to stop right there. Because this raises another issue. It has also been speculated widely on the Internet, I've indulged in a bit of it myself, that perhaps the solution for the neocons in the United States is our attempts to take Mr. Putin out. In other words, assassinate him. And we saw last year, as a matter of fact, that very strange accident of Mr. Putin's 
uh, favorite chauffeur in Moscow that actually killed his chauffeur. Mr. Putin was not in that limousine at the time. And I said then, and I believe now, that this was an attempt on Mr. Putin's life. But it's a futile effort, and I've said this before too, because we have to realize that what is going on in Russia is precisely something much bigger than simply the personality of Vladimir Putin. All right. This is where Western analysis gets it completely wrong. Mr. Putin represents a faction, as is often pointed out, of the old Russian intelligence service, the KGB, Komitet Gosvodarstvenoi Bezhepaznosti, now the Federal Security Service, but essentially the same organization. Now, I want to correct something out there. I get I get comments all the time. I recently deleted some on my Facebook wall because they were simply patently, absurdly untrue. Some of the commenters said that Putin used to be the head of the KGB. This is not true. He never was the head of the KGB. Uh, he was, at best, a lieutenant colonel by the time that he resigned. But he does represent factions in the KGB, and this is an important point, in the FSB, that are concerned and have always been Russia first. In other words, there is a, a repository of national interest, of cultural interest within the Russian security services that look at things from the point of view of preserving Russia and Russian national culture. And that even meant that this was a prior and more important goal than preserving communism. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. And I believe that this goes back to certain arrangements that were made in the Russian security services under the um, tyranny of Joseph Stalin, as a matter of fact, and that that influence grew. Mr. Putin, therefore, represents a faction of the Russian deep state that has analyzed the way the United States conducts its foreign policy and its business and expands its empire and says, we do not want to be a part of that. All right. And by the same token, they do not want to go back to the old Soviet era. So let's call this faction the Russian Cosmists. All right. And that is an actual technical term of an intellectual movement within Russia that began to grow in the late 19th century and continued on into the early 20th century. Many of these Cosmists, philosophers, intellectuals, and so on, banned by the communist governments of Russia, all right? So in other words, this, and I, unfortunately, I don't have the time to spend uh, outlining what these people think and believe and why they think and believe it, but this is the kind of faction and philosophy, if you look carefully at some of Mr. Putin's advisors that surround him. So in other words, the bad news, Mr. Soros and CIA, is if you get rid of Putin, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to have another Putin. He represents a faction in the Russian deep state, just as I think Mr. Trump represents factions within the American deep state, consisting of a strange alignment of people within the Pentagon, the military security complex, that do not like the way the unipolar policy has gone under the, the neoconservatives, that represent businesses that have been hit very hard uh, by Obamacare and so on, that represent uh, people within the intelligence community that do not like the CIA's handling of things, and on and on it goes. Both Mr. Putin and Mr. Trump, in my opinion, are 
representatives of factions of their respective deep states. So now let's look at the geopolitics here. Because last year, in, in the last news and views of last year, I pointed out and have been blogging as well about this major realignment that we begin to see evidence of within the Pacific region between China, the United States, uh, Japan, and Russia in particular. We recall the Onsen summit between Mr. Abe and Mr. Putin and how Mr. Abe looks to be positioning himself very carefully between the United States and the Pacific bloc powers. I suspect that any attempt to understand that Mr. Putin or his advisors will easily sell out uh, that relationship with China is simply wishful thinking. Now, Mr. Kissinger, and I do believe that this is what is in Mr. Kissinger's mind, and I think that Dr. Roberts is correct here, but will the Russians sell that alliance out? Answer, no. And the reason why is that we see them doing the same thing with Japan. They are trying to court counterbalancing powers with investment stakes in Russia. And this is very clever because this is precisely the old Cold War detente reasoning. If you're trading with us, you will probably not want to go to war with us. So they're going to try and do this. Uh, and I think the, the Kissinger effort is, is representative of the fact that there are certain people within the American deep state. Let's remember Kissinger is a Rockefeller guy, just like Zbigniew Brzezinski, incidentally. And now that factionalism within that interest is realizing, hey, we've got to change our tactics with Russia. This is an attempt, bottom line, this is an attempt to bring those Atlanticists within Russia back into power. And this is very significant because you recall very recently that Vladimir Putin has further demoted Dmitry Medvedev, who represents those interests in the Russian government. So the Russians are well aware of what the game is now, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. Shinzo Abe is the one to watch, because now he's positioned Japan to be the point man for this effort now on, on the part of the United States to, to widen the influence of the pro-American Atlanticists within Russia. And again, I don't think this is going to work, folks. Mr. Putin has so far proven to be a very cagey diplomat, uh, a very cagey statesman. He's got that faction behind him analyzing these trends, and I don't think this is going to work. So he will play very, very tough in negotiations. It's all going to depend for the immediate future on whether or not Rex Tillerson gets a Senate confirmation to be Mr. Trump's Secretary of State. And as we've seen, the Republican elite, who are every bit as much a, a part of this neocon alliance as their Democratic counterparts, are not too happy with a lot of things. Now, coming up this week, I do plan to have a blog about some interesting stories that are emerging vis-a-vis -vis Mr. Trump and the CIA. Because as this article also hints, it's the CIA that's at the center of this kind of neocon uh, propaganda and analysis and pushing these various memes into the Western media. And there is, I think, going to be a showdown coming. And watch for that blog. There's a lot going on in connection with all these moves. I wanted to bring this very important op-ed piece by Dr. Roberts to your attention.
So stay tuned, folks. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I want to wish everybody again a very happy new year. Thank you for all your uh, emails with all the articles, comments, suggestions, donations, prayers, you name it. I want to thank everybody once again. It's It's been a wonderful year. Uh, we've got lots more planned this year. So stay tuned, everybody. Thank you, and I'll see you all on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.